0: Hey everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Uh, Today we're just doing a solo episode. I had a couple of different guests lined up and for multiple reasons, things just didn't work out this week. But um, the good news is sometimes I feel like that's like, I don't know, obviously the goddess is very involved in everything I do. And so um, I just was like, well, maybe this is time uh, for me to give everyone an update. Something I really loved about this podcast um, and having been doing it for over a year is that it's like a really interesting time capsule because I have a lot of like even just listening to how freaked out I was uh, before I moved up here. I live on the Olympic Peninsula. For those of you who are fresh, Um, I live in the Olympic Peninsula in Washington State, super far north. Um, I like to have people just imagine me in the North Pole, even though technically I still live in the US, Uh, but I can see Canada, not from my house, but from my mom's house. Um, so right now I, uh, live in my mom's neighborhood, uh, or actually it's my neighborhood now too. Um, it's a lesbian retirement village in Washington state. Um, it's like, it's not exclusively lesbians, but it's mostly lesbians, which is, uh, kind of fun. And, uh, it's just, it's beautiful. I cannot believe how grateful I feel and how lucky I am and blessed I am to live in a place where, um, I have access to the forest and I get to go on forest walks every day. And I've um, been living up here for six months. I can't believe it's been six months already. And uh, I just moved out of my sublet. I was in this adorable cottage um, with this adorable fairy garden. And it was so beautiful. Uh, it's still beautiful, actually. I still get to visit it. I still go use the internet in the in the gardens. But um, so now I've moved out. And I now live on the opposite side of the neighborhood in a trailer. Uh, it's a, my first time ever living in a truly beautiful, portable space. Um, And I was talking to my friend Morgan this weekend on the phone and she has a friend who lives in a trailer in her backyard and said that um, he called it a boat. And I was like, Oh my God, it does feel a lot like being in a boat, especially when it rains. So it's kind of a fun adventure uh, to live somewhere totally different. Um, I would call it roughly the size, it's like 26 feet long. And I think it's roughly the size of a New York city um, efficiency. Uh, which is not bad, actually, in terms of space. <laughs> um, it's it's totally the smallest place I've ever lived. I never managed to live in an in efficiency, all those years of living in cities. But um, it is like an adventure in like trying to get super organized and truly enacting uh, something I've been working on a lot the last like six months to a year is like getting clear about my priorities. And I think a lot of decision-making around what kind of stuff you live with is a question of priorities. It's also like, um, you know, if you look at your calendar, you can see your priorities. If you look at your budget, you can see your priorities. Like, um, and if you look at the space in your home, you can see your priorities. Um, And I definitely have spent a lot of my life not making decisions about where things go or what to do with things. Um, I think it's like a lot of perfectionism that I've been needing to overcome, uh, like not being willing to make an imperfect decision. So I just leave the pile on the floor and don't get to it. Um, and so really like breaking through that in the last couple of years has been huge for me. Um, I spent a lot of last year actually just like decluttering my stuff. Um, after my ex left, I really did a full KonMari of my stuff. And then when I then needed to leave LA, I had to get rid of 85% of the rest of it, because I couldn't afford to move it or store it. So um, it was really a lot of decision making and, um, and just hoping that I made the right decisions, right. Um, and the good thing about decision making is that it's a self correcting process. That's something I've learned that's really liberated me. And um, it's helpful to just remember that if you make the wrong decision, you know, it'll write itself. And that's really lovely. You know, it's lovely to know that you can't screw this up. Uh, everything you're doing is is what's what you're meant to be doing, I guess. Um, I've had to in in embracing this change and this move that I, I just did. Um, I really just, I don't know. Like, there's been so much uncertainty in the collective, right? Because we're still in. I mean, what is it? I'm recording this on May 22nd. No, May 21st. I keep getting the date wrong. May 21st. It's a Thursday. It's always a Thursday uh, when I release these episodes, but. Um, it's May 21st. We're still in the middle of the Corona pandemic. Um, I don't like, who knows when, what the end is in sight. Right. Um, and so like, I feel like everyone had this big change that we kind of felt, um, in March. It was such a big moment for people because things had to change, everything had to change. And now we've kind of settled into a new normal. Human beings are incredibly adaptive. Um, and so like once you've got a rhythm and a new thing happening, you start to get into um, complacency, I think. And I always try to keep myself um, in my growth edge instead of just being complacent and comfortable. I like to be growing. Um, I know that that's where my greatness is. And so, you know, it's not like I want to. It's just that I do because I know it keeps my whole life better. Um, I'd rather do the, the hard and awkward thing, but know that I'm staying great uh, then like be comfortable and complacent and have to deal with the pain of like having a change. That wasn't something that I like, um, led myself into. Um, I've heard the saying pain pushes until vision pulls. Um, and I think that's really true. Uh, and I also really love the saying, um, some people only understand the language of pain, which is very real. That is also me. (laughs) In many instances in my life, um, I've been, uh, I think I talked about this in my spirituality episode, but I've been going to Agape uh, International Spiritual Center since last May. And it's uh, it's a church, but it's interdenominational. So it's really like multi-faith. Um, but the, one of the center teachings is that, you know, we're all unique creations of God here to, to emanate God as we individually are. Um, and so it's been a very nourishing community to be part of and something that Michael Bernard Beckwith, who is the spiritual director says a lot and has been saying a lot during this time, um, is that we need to have our spiritual practice. We need to have levity, um, and we need to be adaptable. And, um, and I think that's like, those are things I really focus on, um, in terms of just, you know, just levity. Like, honestly, at this point in my life, I just want to laugh. I just want to be around people who make me laugh and obviously make an impact on the world and and change the world, but like doing it while having a good time. Uh, That's why I call it. That's why Bevan's party is like my moniker on the internet now. Like um, I really like, I made that choice mostly because like, one of my favorite things in the world is to throw parties because I love to have fun with my friends. And so, you know, and and I overheard someone say like, do I know you from TV or do I know you from Bevan's party? And that to me, was like, that's where I got that, that little moniker from. I was like, Oh, Bevan's party. Ha ha. Um, it turned out the person knew that person from TV, uh, not from Bevan's party. That was the first party that the TV person had ever been to. Um, those were my LA days. Um, Anyway, so I'm dealing with a lot of change. Like I kind of noticed like this big change happened with Corona, but then also that there are these little teeny changes that keep happening Um, and also getting to walk in the forest every day. I just see the change in nature um, and just the rollout. Um, It's like a symphony from God. It's so delightful. But I also, I just really like appreciated recognizing that change is happening no matter what, even when we think it's over Uh, you know what I mean? Like I was like, Oh, the Corona, that's the big change. And then like things kept changing anyway. Like there was this barn that's on the property across the street from us that collapsed in a windstorm. And then, um, and then there was like just all these little changes that keep happening around us. Uh, And then I was like, Oh wow. Change really is a constant. Everything is always changing. We are always changing. Uh, I just like kind of deepened my understanding of change recently and also really deepened my understanding of failure um, I've, intellectually, I've understood that like failure is part of the process of success for a while, but I just didn't ever realize how much of a process, <laughs> how much of a part it was. Like, um, someone recently told me that like 90% of success is failure. Uh, and I was like, wow, when you really look at it that way, that's kind of amazing. And as someone who grew up a perfectionist, a people pleaser and an overachiever, I like embracing failure has been such a growth edge for me. Uh, because it's like, I, I just recognized a failure as like something that wouldn't keep me safe. Um, growing up, like I needed to stay safe. I needed to manage people's perception of me. I needed to appear perfect so that I could make the world okay. And everything else could be okay. I felt like I also always secretly felt like a failure because my body was fat and that felt to me it was a failure. So it's like now that i've like rearranged how i feel about failure like i well i've rearranged how i think about failure i'm working on how i feel i'm really working on like being like okay whatever like you know what i mean that it's all a lesson and and really recognizing the value of failure there's a lot of um in, in startup worlds, like if you ever watch Shark Tank, um, they really love people who come back who've had a failed business because you learn a lot from failing in a business and then rising back up. And honestly, the rise is the success. Like um, my favorite new quote about success is that success is moving from failure to failure with great enthusiasm. And that, uh, oh, I want to live that. Like that is like, enthusiasm is my favorite way to be um, I always know that I'm doing best when I'm feeling enthusiastic. Um, I love to cheer people on. I love to cheer myself on. I love to feel cheerful. Um, and so like having that enthusiasm, even for the things that don't feel like blessings when they're happening, um, is something I'm really working on. That's like my current growth edge. Um, and also like really working on just being in calibration with like, everything is okay right now. Um, because even if it doesn't feel okay, like you know, if you have a roof over your head and running water, you're doing better than like a very large percent of the world. So like, you know, just starting from a place of like true appreciation for what's going on and, and who and how you get to be is just so great. And, um, and so that's really, those are kind of like the main things I've been working on these days is just like kind of rearranging my feelings around failure. Um, and, you know, also, this is something I noticed too, is that I spend about half of my therapy sessions with my therapist talking about how my faith is leading me in this direction and I'm having like all these feelings about it. And so it's really interesting how I just, you know, cause I'm, I'm a very faithful spiritual person and my intuition does not necessarily make sense, but like, I'm also learning the radical act of just truly trusting my intuition and trusting my own knowing, but also resting in that knowing instead of needing to like act on it. Um, I used to be a very, I'm a very ideas oriented person. I get a lot of ideas and I used to think that every idea was a command that I had to like move forward on. Um, and I used to just start projects all the time with great enthusiasm and then never follow through and finish stuff. And so now that I've been working so hard on my priorities and like living by my priorities, it's really helped me to not have to start every idea that comes through and just to really sit in things and rest in the knowing of what's coming, but also like being very judicious with how I use my time. because it's the most finite resource I have. And so um, just trying really hard to time block uh, space for me to spend in nature and um, on my spiritual pursuits and doing movement and making great aerobics, honestly, like it's, it's my great passion in life to um, share what I know and um, create fun environments to share that. And so faculty dance party, my aerobics class is like a huge part of that. Um, And segues into the best way you can support this podcast if you find value in it is to support my patreon Uh, patreon is a website that enables uh it's a membership support site that enables creatives like me to be supported by folks like you who value the work that we put in the world um i actually supported a bunch of patreons before i started my own um just to kind of, like, see what people were doing and how the platform worked. And I really liked it as, like, a way of um, – because I don't have to deal with any of the logistics. It's an easy thing for you to cancel. I didn't have to create a special website for it. And I upload um, special workout videos just for uh, my members. I want to welcome uh, Cam from Colorado slash Indiana and Sarah from Toronto, who are the latest members of the Faculty Dance Party regulars at um, on Patreon. Um, But also what's kind of amazing is in this time of Corona, like because all of my gigs got canceled and all the travel I was supposed to do. And um, other than like uh, some Reiki clients, which I actually, anybody who's like on a schedule with me, like my coaching clients, they're all through my Patreon. So I'm like almost a hundred percent funded by Patreon right now, which is really amazing. Like I didn't, I didn't set out to be a mostly patreon funded artists but here we are um so it's kind of cool i just realized that when i was like looking through the numbers of what happened with my um with my business from from corona i was like oh wow my patreon thank god i mean i've said thank god for my patreon uh many many times over the last year it's really been like the the best and funnest thing i do i love creating art for folks i love creating self-care for people um i have a bunch of different levels so 25 bucks a month is uh where you get the aerobics videos Facky Dance Party Aerobics is kind of like uh, imagine Miss Piggy and Richard Simmons and Dolly Parton all got together and then you know add like me with all of my body liberation activism and my radical notions that everyone's valuable just as they are uh, and uh, and make it into some fun aerobics. Um, so anyway, that's available. But also, even at the five dollar level, there's an exclusive podcast uh, of minis mostly about self care, self love with some Reiki healings and meditations in there. So there's a lot of a lot of fun stuff on the archives um, for Bevan's Bites, which is that little podcast of minis. Um, and also I have a, a level I don't talk about a lot, which is a witchy self-care box. Um, it's quarterly. You get it every three months. And you get a little self-care box for me with uh, tea. I, I blend teas together. Um, so Reiki-infused tea. And I'm going to get um, a couple of little things from uh some friends uh to add to those boxes. So, just like some a fun little witchy self-care box delivered from me from the Pacific Northwest uh to you wherever you happen to be. And, um, yeah, so that's the best way to support this podcast if this is of value to you, but I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you tuning in. Um, it is my joy to do this. I know this is a shorter episode, but I had a really great episode last week that not not enough of you have listened to. So please go listen to the episode with Victoria Albina. It's so good. Um, and just know that wherever you are, You are worthy of love exactly as you are. You are a magical, amazing being that is here on earth to do exactly what you are here to do, not to just lose weight and pay bills and please uh, one of your parents, which, you know, I think most of us are kind of seeking to please one or both of our parents, even subconsciously, even years later, even after they've passed away, like we just are kind of encoded um, to be pleasers. And so I'm just wanting you to know you can liberate yourself from that. And, um, I just love you so much and I hope that you have an amazing rest of your day.